Hello and welcome to the Did That Really Happen podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And I'm your host, Michael Clark. And this is a podcast that is a little bit different from the ones that we normally do. We have an opportunity on this particular podcast to sit down with ministers and preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get to hear a little insight, I guess, to maybe their side of ministry and to some of the more funny things uh, and more crazy things that happen Uh, throughout their time preaching. And sometimes there's stories that really make you wonder, did that really happen? There's no way. And today we have a special guest, Brother Jonathan Burns is with us. Jonathan, thanks for being on the podcast again. Good to be here with you today. (laughs) Jonathan is no stranger to the podcast. If you listened to our episode that uh, went live a couple days ago on the Through Their Eyes podcast, and Jonathan does a lot of work uh, with media for the church, and he uh, shared a little bit of insight on that and some of the work that he does. So we're grateful for him and for the work that he does. But a little bit of a lighter note today, we get to uh, explore some of the stories that Jonathan's going to bring to the table. Now, Jonathan and I work together. Um, we are co-workers, whatever you want to say. We work together here at the East Hill Church of Christ. Um, and man, we just, uh, we have a good old time, don't we? It has to be a good day. <clears throat> and here's the thing. I have a feeling that every story that you're going to bring up that has happened since I've been here has probably been with me. Uh, is yes, that right? Yes, I think so. Okay. So, oh, yeah, they have. Yeah, look at that. One of them is directly about you. I'm excited about it. It's great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so this is good. Um, obviously, Michael's here, and we all share a fun relationship just because we, I mean, we, we just cut up, shoot the breeze. Um, just, I don't know. We have a good old time with each other, don't we? Yeah. It's always a it's always a hoot and a holler. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be some hoot and right now. Here's here's the thing, guys. That obviously, like what Michael just said, wasn't really that funny, but it's funny to us because we have been sitting here for the last I don't know thirty minutes trying to hit record, but just not being able to get through it because we've just been laughing so much. It, so I'm impressed that we've already made it two minutes and seven seconds into this. Well, folks, that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shortest did that really happen ever. Uh, so. Um, you know, one of the reasons why we do this and Michael and I stress this, um, preachers, ministers, they're humans and we get to enjoy the lighter side of, of life, um, a lot because our work directly is involved with people and people are interesting. People do all kinds of crazy things. These two jokers are laughing on the other side of the table. I can't see what they're laughing at. Right Just now. let it go. Some <laughs> things need to stay silent. That one is dead. <laughs> Okay, we will move on. So, all right, Jonathan, what you got for us, man? So, listen, we we you know we we're, we're ministers, and we we see people in in two different areas. We see you on your best day right. and your worst day, and then in between those, there's some funny things that happen. So, so I've kind of written mine down, and I'm going to give you eight, and you can choose in between those. And then the last one's called the bonus. It is the <laughs> last. This one happened with you, Caleb, and it is the most outlandish thing I've seen in person. So excited that we were there together. So let me give you the titles and you choose, you will choose the arrangement of how we'll go through. Did that really happen? And all of them did. (laughs) All right, here we go. You choose the order. Calm down, boys. All right, here we go. Jesus teaches better than you. Baptism and close the curtain. She grabbed me. We might just want to start there. The nurses laughed at me. The poo stick. Lost in Shanghai. Correction. Lost in Shanghai. Whose little girl is that? And then the 
the moving microphone. <laughs> the so one that we she, all She grabbed me. <laughs> she grabbed me. All right, here we go. I'm going to mark this off my list. That was number three. She grabbed me, and I couldn't get free. <laughs> I just, hope that everybody laughs as much as we do today. I, uh, okay. As going through those, I'm, I'm really going to have to remember what the moving microphone was. I, now, I have no clue what that was about. It will come to me as we go through. So here it is. I'm, I'm, I'm in an office one day. I won't tell you where I was, but Caleb was there. <laughs> That's <know>. me. <laughs> so somebody rings the doorbell. It's, it's after hours. Secretary's already gone home. And uh, so, so somebody was coming for some help. We thought so. He he lets we, her in. We run a benevolence program yeah. here. So, so. so he, he he lets her in, and and this woman she bypasses Caleb like someone who's running the football and is going to get the touchdown. <clears throat> she just bypasses. I mean, she's boom. She's she's already got by him, and he's standing there with this look on his face like <laughs> I was here, but she's so she's gone. She comes into my office and she grabs me up by the hands, and I couldn't get going. <laughs> She had me, guys. She, I was locked in. There was nothing. I was trying to back. I was trying to get free. And, and she just gets all up in my business. I mean, I, it was a personal encounter. And she says to me, now, listen, in all of these stories, these are real people. These things really happened. And she tells me what she had just done. And I, I'm not going to say what it is, just, just for sheer. I'm not sure that we can contain ourselves. But she grabs me up and says, I need you to pray for me. I have just done blank, blank, blank. And I, it, it took me by surprise. And she was, she was much taller than me. You know, I'm not, you know, graciously tall, but I'm not short either. I couldn't get free. She would not let me go. So in all of this, I'm standing there. She's got me locked in. She's told me this, I mean, just this long, drawn-out story about what she's done, why she had to do it, how many times she's done it, and will you pray with me? In the background. Caleb was peeking his head in my, my door because he, he's watching this unfold naturally and he is just losing it. So we had some people working in the office that day. So he runs down the hall, gets this other joker, comes to my other door and they're laughing. I can hear them laughing in the hall. They got down the hall. I could hear them slapping their legs. Just, I mean, they're just dying. So this woman, she grabbed me and I couldn't get going. <laughs> Moral of the story, I prayed for her and she immediately released me. And that was just... <laughs> I bet that was I bet that was a pretty short prayer. Uh, it went longer than I thought it was going to. To be honest, it it, it really you know I, I I've never had someone grab me up like that. She almost lifted me off the ground. Okay, I've I've been holding this one. Okay, for for, oh for now it's gonna slip out. And it has to be told. And I I really hope that if the person that this happened to listens to this that. They still love me. Did a gospel meeting last year in September. <clears throat> have I heard this before? You th I think you okay. have. I don't. I don't know. Maybe you both have, but I'm going to say it. I'm for ready the podcast, to go. But I've I've put on some weight now that I'm in remission, and really? we we announced that in the season finale of my far better podcast. But I've gained almost all my weight back, and so at the time COVID hit, I wasn't able to go anywhere or work out, and so I've continue to kind of keep the poundage on and you can't try clothes on very easily in stores. And so when I packed for this gospel meeting, I just <clears throat> threw things in the bag that I knew would fit before. And we went and some of the clothes fit. Some of them did not. This sweet lady, bless her heart, 
invited me and Megan and Adam over for dinner. Oh. And we go and I I'd been playing with Adam, wrestling around on the floor, and you get hot and sweaty when you do that. And so I had to cool down, <laughs> had to cool down and go ahead and get dressed for the evening. And by the time I'd done that, I thought, this this shirt's awful tight. Oh. Tighter than I remember it being. And I said, well, I'll cool down. And you know how that is. Sometimes you're, you're hot and sweaty and your shirt just feels a little tighter than it normally would. So we're driving. I've got the AC cranked up. I've got every possible port pointed at me and <laughs> it's not helping and so we get to this lady's house and i'm thinking how am i going to get through this dinner comfortably when i can't breathe and so i had to undo my top button i originally had a tie on took the tie off i did my <clears> top <throat> button that didn't work i rolled my sleeves up that didn't work finally i looked at this this <clears throat> sweet sister and said i'm so sorry <laughs> I'm going to have to take my shirt off. Now I wear an undershirt all the time. I don't know why. My face right now. Jonathan's jaw just hit the floor. I didn't just say I'm going to take this shirt off. I'm wearing a shirt on underneath. She might have been thinking the the preacher's about to be shirtless in my kitchen, and I don't know why, but I couldn't breathe, and so I had to take the shirt off. I was wearing my undershirt, and I'm continuing to eat. And for whatever reason, with my, my illness, even though I'm in remission, I still have problems with certain foods. Um, we all know that. Really? You know? And so. Just learned. What we, what we <laughs> ate. <laughs> what we ate that night just did not sit right with me. And so. I had to go use the restroom. Politefully. And unfortunately, the toilet oh, was not no. up for the job. <laughs> oh, no. And so now I'm shirtless, wearing my undershirt. <laughs> With a clogged toilet. Epically. And there's no plunger. You know, that's a thing with you. <laughs> it's happened to me on another occasion here in Pulaski. <laughs> oh, yeah. We left him at the restaurant. We'll tell that story in a moment. Um, and so I had to text my wife and say, you've got to get me a plunger. <laughs> and she didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> it's 625. So... We're getting close to time to go, and we're 10 minutes from the building. So I'm adding that in my mind. It's 6.35, really, before I'd get to the building if I left right now. Mm. Finally, she sees it, and one of her young sons who has gone to foundations and knows me well has to bring me the plunger. Oh. And he, hey, here it is. He walks away, and I'm thinking, <laughs> thanks. And so I went and got it. It was too small. Didn't fit over the bowl. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to get an angle and trying to plunge and none of it is working. And then I finally get it to go down and, and get it to go out. And there's just a little bit left and there's no water coming back into the bowl. It's just got a small clog. There's no water back into the bowl. And I'm thinking, okay, just, just wait about 30 seconds. It'll be filled back up. Because that's usually how long it takes. It's just about 30 seconds or so. <laughs> the fact and that he knows of that. Course, <laughs> of course, those are the longest seconds of your life when you're in a hurry. And here I am waiting, and two minutes go by. It's only gone up like a quarter of an inch. And so I finally had the, the smarts and the wherewithal to lift the back of the bowl off, and I realized, it is the tiniest of lines of water, like thinner than pencil lead, going back into this bowl. 
And I'm trying, I mean, it's 640. I'm trying to get it done and, and finish this. And so I look over on her sink and she's got cups. And so I started to turn the cups on. Turn the cups on. Turn the cups on. <laughs> I turned the faucets on. And I started filling the cups up with water and pouring it into the back of the toilet to fill it up faster so it would flush. And I finally did that. It finally went down. And I was like, okay, I got to go. And so I had to leave. I'd only been in front of this family for a total of 10 minutes. The whole night. I spent the whole time either taking my shirt off or having to be in the restroom. And so I had to go outside to the kitchen. I grabbed my shirt off of the hook, threw it over my arm, and I said, I am so sorry, but we're going to have to go. And so we get in the truck. So did the toilet problem ever get resolved? No. Not by me. I couldn't stay. If you're hearing this, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 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 Look, Michael, for those of you who don't know, Michael has Crohn's disease. Yeah. And if you have listened to his podcast, the Far Better podcast that comes on every Wednesday, um, he walked kind of, he kind of took us along his journey. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and it's unfortunate, it's an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Um, but no doubt we certainly take full advantage of oh, exploiting yeah. it and, <laughs> and making fun of him because of it. <laughs> We're going to call this the porcelain portion of our program. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had, I had to leave and tell her basically that I don't know what's going on with your toilet. I have to go. <laughs> and so I had to go, I had texted the other minister. And I said, I need you to bring me the white shirt that I wore. It's hanging up in the closet. Could you please do me a favor and just throw it in a dryer and bring it to the building? So we get to the building, and he comes up to me, and he goes, why are you taking your shirt off in front of our members? And I said, (laughs) not tonight. Don't talk to me tonight. I am mad because nothing has gone my way tonight, this last hour. We get in there, and the PowerPoint's not working. My computer's not working. My iPad's not working. (laughs) Nothing is wanting to work. It's all glitching out. And I got up to preach, and I was just kind of like, I felt so defeated. And that lady came up to me afterwards, and she goes, wonderful sermon. I'll remember you forever. And I said, I bet you will. Bet you will. Not for that find reason, out, though. Find out what not, I left at your house. Not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of the beautiful sermon you think I might have just preached. I know that. And so that's, that's the unfortunate side is the, the time I came up with Caleb to do the promotional video for Scattered Abroad, the launch. I got stranded. That's another story. Oh, that's good. I'll tell, I, I got to tell it both, and then we got to get back to Jonathan. But I'm driving up to Pulaski. I'm about an hour and a half away, and my brakes don't work. It's going all the way to the floor. Okay, don't miss this. I'm an hour and a half away. Yep. 90 he finds out. minutes. My brakes yeah. don't work. And he does. Well, I can do this math. <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half from home. And an hour and a half from Caleb. He's like, ah, just and keep in my going. Mind, I got to make the trip one way or the other. So I'd rather get to Caleb where I know there's an auto body shop and we can at least get the work done. And so I get to Caleb. And the first thing, Caleb and Kalen are waiting on me because I told them when I was about to be there. And I rolled the window down and I said, y'all got any good auto body shops around here? And he goes, oh, no, what'd you do? And I said, my bricks don't work. Well, the next morning, Caleb's got a pretty steep drive going oh, out of his epic. little neighborhood, and we almost died trying to get <laughs> it out. It was rainy that morning. It was raining. It was. And, and the gravel was slick. The gravel slick, and, and I, I could not stop. And so we finally stopped. We get it to the place. <laughs> Find out my brake line somehow got severed. 
And I don't know who did it. No, I'm just kidding. It just severed. And the, they said, good news, well, bad news. Well. Good news, we can fix it. Bad news, you're here till Monday. This was a Thursday night when I came up. I was you were leaving here, Saturday. I was supposed to be here either, to, you know, leave Saturday or even leave Friday afternoon when we were done with all of our <clears> promo <throat> stuff. Well, it ended up being a blessing for the network. But while I was here, we were meeting with Houston Welch about possibly being a part of the network. And we'd gone to the Southern Table to eat. And oh, that's right. I did not have <laughs> this the food. This was the trip. Yeah. I did not have the, the, the food agree with me in that instance. And so I went to use the restroom. <laughs> when and, do you ever? <laughs> exactly. And as you know how happens from almost all the time, um, I needed a plunger. And I had to walk out and find one of the waitresses and say, ma'am, I need a plunger. Only to look over to the left and notice that the table that I was sitting at was empty. <laughs> Because these guys left me. <laughs> Just to give some clarification, this is not McDonald's. We're no. in a nice, a bu- we're in a, we're in like a bougie restaurant yeah, here. In one keep in awesome mind, place in Pulaski. So we get, Michael goes to the bathroom and we're like, let's leave. Legit. So I we mean, just we, got up, we got in the truck and we left. And I, I came out and it started to rain. <laughs> that's right. It rained again. Who, again. It was you, me, and Houston. Who was driving? You, you were. Oh, that's right. You were driving your Sounds, what, expedition? What do you have? Explore. Explore. That's right. That's right. You're driving oh, your I remember now. I was so mad at you. I was like, I'm going to hurt this guy. I was so. I'm trying so hard to like keep it together. In front of this waitress as I'm asking for her to go into the women's restroom and get me a plunger, which can I just say, there should be a plunger in, in both. every bathroom. No, there, if, there if should if not be. You should have to no. ask. If no, I were no. Here. Do you know the first thing I would do? <laughs> executive, would executive, order, executive order. Executive <laughs> order that demands all places with a toilet Michael, must have a plunger. Why don't you just bring one with you everywhere you go? Because I've looked for collapsible ones and they don't exist. <laughs> Then this is a market we must exploit. Shark Tank, where you at? That's right. But yeah, so that was that was the trip Tank. that I did. You know, when I came up here, and uh, it was excellent. It was it was it was great. But what's great about this is we were just at the Southern Table again. Yes, yesterday and we talked about leaving. We didn't, and. Had the waitress come by, I had concocted this plan, and I had told everybody at the table, there's six of us there, I said, if she will come by and just glance our way, I'm going to get her attention, and I'm going to tell her to go knock on the door and say, sir, we've got a problem in the bathroom. You're going to stay there for a few more minutes, (laughs) and just I see if she would mess with you, and she never came by. You got so lucky. I mean, I wasn't using the restroom that time that way. So well, it wouldn't have mattered because she was going <laughs> to tell true. you had to stay, and I was going to have somebody That's hold true. the door. It was going to be the door was broke. We we're going to come up with this. It was going to. And be- I know I, I could go on and on, but it, I'm not the guest on the, the program today. But maybe you guys are a little uncomfortable. This is my life, guys. Like this, <clears throat> you had to learn real quick. Like like Caleb said. It's unfortunate, but the only thing you can do is laugh about it because otherwise you're just miserable all the time. So I hope you've enjoyed this. And if you've turned it off, um, turn sorry, it back on. You know, we're getting on. back to Jonathan. So turn it back on. He Let's did just get at eighteen fifty-five. We're going back to Jonathan. Potty, potty talk is done. <laughs> the porcelain program is over. All right, continue on. Okay, so all right, which another one? Time. No, I'm where, another time. He did get silly stringed in the bathroom oh, this yeah, week. That's true. Okay, so let's let's move to story number five. This is the poo stick. Now, <laughs> Caleb and I were uh, helping a guy, and we, we took the church van. It was just easier, um, so we, we went and picked him up. And when he when he came out of his door, he had this blue stick, and and we had already been having a pretty funny day, and and I of course I was ready to go. When I saw this, I knew something was getting ready to happen. I just didn't know what it was, and I'm so glad it didn't happen to me. It happened to Caleb. So he gets in and we're just I'm sure talking. you enjoyed that. Oh, I did. Let me tell you, <laughs> we're just talking 
And I finally said, we're driving across town. I remember the exact point of where we were at. I don't. I, said, I, I was traumatized. <laughs> I, said, I said, man, what's with the stick? And he proceeds to tell us about this blue stick. Um, as it turns out, it, it's something that Michael might want to know about. <laughs> you, 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 it's to help you in your physical duties and going to the restroom um, in, in the wiping process. So, so he's got this with, and he tells us all about it. So I'm, I'm realizing, I look back in the mirror, and I see, I see these two guys, and I realize Caleb's uncomfortable. So what did I do as a good human being, as a good friend? I exploit that moment. How do you clean it? Where do you store it? What do you do? It So now it's being waved around in the air, and he reaches over and just pops Caleb in the leg with it. And the next 30 seconds unsue in panic and uproar, and I am just, I have rolled the front window down. I'm hanging out of the front of this van just trying not to, just, just trying to hold it together. Because behind but you me, are not holding it behind me, it is going Look. in chaos. Like, I am a pretty... Like laid back guy. But for people who know me, I, th I think I feel like that's true about me. I'm pretty laid back, kind of roll, roll with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. I have never been like mad at this individual ever. Um, I have a lot of patience with this guy, but man, <laughs> I got mad. <laughs> so I found myself saying, "You've got to stop. He's going to beat you. You've quit. Put it down." And I'm just, and all the while, I am just. I'm crying. I'm literally crying because this guy just reached over and pops him with his. He touched stick. my jeans. I went home and burned my, my jeans and bought new so, ones. So fast forward to that afternoon, he walks in my office and he has this look on his face. Because we had to take him somewhere else again yeah. later. So I'm just, I'm, I'm of course dying laughing. And I just say, hey, bud, what's going on? And he goes, he touched me with the poop stick. And just, ever since then, I've not been able to look at the same color blue. <laughs> I'm wearing a blue shirt. Yeah, right he's now. wearing is a blue that, shirt. That, so are you? Oh, I am. In these chairs, No, uh, it was uh, more of a. Uh, it was like a light, like it baby was a light blue. blue. Yeah. Uh, baby blue. Kind of like the iMessage blue. blue. Yes. That yes. <laughs> <laughs> every time Caleb looks at <laughs> the iMessage. Every time he hears that noise, <laughs> whoop! There it is, getting him. Whoop. Oh my goodness! So oh, you man. get to see people hit with stuff that just blows your mind. All right, where are we going next? User's choice. User's <laughs> choice. All right, let, let's get one. Okay, this was back when I was younger. Um, whose little girl is that? <laughs> so growing up in Sparta, Tennessee, um, where I grew up, we, we, we did services at the, uh, the nursing home on Sundays. And, and many times they would have us, uh, us guys, uh, we, we, we would present the lesson at the nursing home. That's, that was just, you know, they used that as training. It was a very good thing. I have fond memories of it. My favorite memory is when my brother, now, you know, if you have a brother, you you exploit that as in any opportunity, any sibling, you're going to use that as an opportunity. So my brother's up there, you know, he's giving this lesson and and we're just all sitting there and it, it's going well. You know, everything's going well. Well, well, the nurses rolled this lady in and you could tell, you know, something something wasn't right. And all of a sudden, this woman looks at my brother. I'm sitting on the side by the window so I can see the whole room. So I see her looking at him. And I think, oh, no, she can't. Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> peacock! <laughs> what? She just screams out, peacock. And I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, so 
She gets calm for about 30 seconds. She looks around. Oh, no, she can't. So this goes on for minutes. I mean, so he's trying to present his lesson. And finally, he's, you know, he's wrapping it up. You can see her in the background, and she's mulling it over. Oh, no. Here she goes again. Whose little girl is that? <laughs> at that moment, there was not a dry eye in the room because we all had lost it at this woman who screamed out Peacock 30 times and then calls my brother, whose little girl is that? And just keeps repeating it over and over again. And it was one of the best moments. You know, you're not making fun of the lady, but she just, she wore him out and it was great. <laughs> That's oh awesome. Oh, oh, man. Tell about what happened to us at lunch today. Lunch today. Really, what happened to you? Oh, so all right. Today. We go to lunch today, and you know, oh, the so first we we go to a, a Chinese restaurant has a buffet. We we eat there often. Matter of fact, Wednesday is Wonton Wednesday. It's where we go. So we go there today, and we we they ask us what we want to drink. So we're standing up there getting our plates. We're getting ready to go. And this woman walks up by me, and she smiles. And I just kind of walk around the other side and wasn't trying to get in her business. Didn't want her to be in my business. And she looks at me. <laughs> I mean, she's staring at me from across the yeah, steamy, we were standing right next to each other. Through the steamy glass and goes, sign says you got to wear a mask. You're supposed to be wearing a mask. And I just freeze. And I realized, oh, she's talking to me. So she says, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. And I just said, okay. And and keep like, in mind, she proceeds to tell you this after she's taken her mask she, off yeah, to she tell you. taking her mask down to tell me this. And I'm thinking, okay. I said, I can't engage today. So I just put plenty of my food on my plate. So we go sit down. So I spot this woman across. I mean, she's across the restaurant. She's way over there in the corner. She's just staring at us. Mask off. Mask off. I mean, she's, she's got us. She's locked in. So I look over. I said, I said, is she, is she staring at us? And sure enough, she is. And every time I got up, she locked eyes on me all the way through this place. So I don't know what happened or what I ruffled. But it was, and the thing is. You're at a buffet. Come yeah, on. you're at a buffet, first of all. So, I mean, Come on. Just, just being honest, Look, the, the masks, you know, I don't know what they would honestly do. Second of all, this woman, um, every time she went up to the buffet, she took her, her mask, mask off. off. Third of all, the restaurant wasn't enforcing a mask policy. No. It, it, it was basically the restaurant's right to tell us if they had told us we need a mask, we would have gone and gotten a mask. But they didn't ask us to wear a mask, so we came in without one. <clears throat> she got on to us. And so I saw Jonathan getting some ice cream. And I went oh, up man. behind him and I said, "Gotta put on a mask." So I to imitate her voice because she was she was being really shrill with him, and he was like, "Oh, I thought you were." They're panicking me. Yeah, regardless of where you stand on the mask thing, like if you think you gotta wear one, and then you go to a buffet, like, <laughs> come on, in, in this and same buffet, and then take it off. Come on, keeps it on. I can understand she may not be aware because she obviously didn't look. But like you're like at mind. the most unclean place to but eat. You're taking a buffet. Your mask come on, off too. Like. And I, I said, she's got to breathe on the food, otherwise it doesn't taste good. And, oh, remember the other day? The, the lady. Okay, so the other, it was, this was Wednesday. This was our wonton Wednesday. And we go up to get the plates and there's a lady in front of us. And she goes, I like to go down to the bottom of the plate stack and get the ones that haven't been touched. Keep in mind, she's touched every single plate to get down to the bottom plate. Everybody walks away. She looks at me and goes, you never know who's going to touch them. And I'm thinking, there are no plates for me now. Yeah, yeah, because you're the one who's touched them all. Same restaurant. I watched the guy pick up the tongs oh, with yeah. the part that you pick up the food with. 
and carry them to another side of the buffet and not even use them and use his hands to get the food out of <laughs> Same it. restaurant. I saw a guy run out after we had paid and he grabbed a Negro off of the, off of the bar and ran outside. <laughs> While eating it like a cigarette. <laughs> when I was eight, see, I didn't know any better, but we went to Fire Mountain. It used to be Ryan's and it was Fire Mountain. Then it became Ryan's again. Then it was Golden Corral. <clears> now it's nothing. So <laughs> now it's dead. <laughs> now it's nothing. I got a big old plate of food, sat down. I'm eight years old. And I'm thinking I'm going to eat all of this. And then I remember what my mom and dad always taught me, which was like, you get it. You if it. you get it, you have to eat yeah, it. And don't put right. food on your plate. You're not going to eat. And so that's I was, right. had to change a heart. You know, I had to come to Jesus, you know, in that moment, looking at my plate going, I have one too many rotisserie chicken legs. <laughs> one too and many. As, so how does that work with donuts? It does, it, well, you know, hush. Um, with um, <laughs> with my eight year old mind, I thought, you know, at home, if I'm not going to eat food, I go put it back. Yeah. No, you did. I did. I went and took you this rotisserie <laughs> chicken leg and threw it right back in the middle of a huge. They had just set it out, so it was piping hot. You know, like fifty, <clears> seventy <throat> legs all in this little pan. <laughs> And I threw one back in and completely contaminated the whole thing. Here you go, sir. And Nobody knew. No. No, they didn't. I thought they didn't. Because, <laughs> you know, we've all done this before at Walmart where you get an item and then you decide you're not going to get it. Stick it you, you do the toss and as you're, the toss and walk where you're walking, you toss it onto a shelf. Is that just me? No. <laughs> I do it in other people's buggies. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, is is that why I ended cars? up with, <laughs> yes. with <that>? <laughs> my <laughs> cars? But I... I thought that I did I did the toss and walk and thought nobody saw it. And all of a sudden I'm I'm sitting down and I notice this big commotion. And so there's an issue. Oh. Someone saw me and they went and got the manager. <laughs> and so the next thing I know, the manager's coming back out with gloves on. This is I mean, this is 13 years before no, this is almost 20 years before COVID. And so, you know, she comes out and takes the whole thing of chicken and throws it out. And I never said a word to my dad. My Until dad now. Was, my dad was handling something at the time, like he was either in the restroom doing something or he was paying the bill. <laughs> you know, he was handling. <laughs> so, does he now know? No, or is I he mean, finding dad, out dad, on if you're this. listening, you know. I've never said a word about He's it. He's getting an email link to um, this podcast. So, you know, I... I felt so bad, but I thought, you know, that was the right thing to do. Now I know, especially in a pre in a post COVID world, is where we're finally learning about it all. You don't do that. <laughs> you know? So today when I got one too many, you know, chicken sticks, I decided No, I'm kidding, I didn't do that. I gave it to the mass lady. <laughs> hey man, do you want this? So let let's let's bring this full circle. Let me tell you about the kid. Oh boy. It's called the moving microphone. I finally remembered what it was. Okay. okay, I've got it. So we'll mark that off the list. So I'm preaching one night, and, and this, this child gets loose. It happens. Listen, I've got kids. You know, if you've got kids, you understand at some point in time, they're going to bust out, and it's on. Mm-hmm. So I'm preaching. It's a Sunday night. <laughs> it is a Sunday night. I am preaching. I, I don't even know what I'm preaching about at this point. And this kid gets loose. So I'm thinking, okay, somebody, somebody's going to stop him. So I'll just keep going. <clears throat> no, nobody stopped him. He makes it halfway down the auditorium. He makes it halfway to the front. <laughs> he gets all the way to the front row. 
He's loose and free. He's having a great day. He is just running. And everybody, I'm preaching. You know, I'm ignoring. The, I'm not looking at him. I've not said <clears throat> I've not changed my tone. I am just, I'm rolling forward. Somebody will get him. Next thing I know, he's at the Lord's Supper table. Then I lose him. He's under the Lord's Supper table. <laughs> he reaches his tiny little hands through the front, and he grabs the microphone. He's sitting on the floor, and it's standing, and he's just waving that thing back and forth. All the while, the whole audience is just, you know, when, when funny things happen, funny things happen during worship sometimes, right. and there's nothing you can do about it, and it, it, it is hilarious. <clears throat> so people are just enthralled. I mean, they're, they're not listening, and that wasn't their fault. But I never stopped. I just kept preaching. This kid is just, I mean, that microphone's going left and right 100 miles an hour, and I have never broke. I was so proud of myself, too. I had never broke. I just kept on going. I mean, I'm clicking the PowerPoint. I am moving through this sermon. This is all happening in like five or eight minutes. Finally, he gets out from the Lord's Supper table, and he goes, and he goes back down that, that, that same aisle he came down, and this man steps out and tackles this kid and takes him back to where he belongs. And all the while, I have never broke out of the sermon. I've not laughed. I've not smiled. I just kept on going. The whole audience, dying laughing. I've never heard more people say, don't know what you preached tonight. <laughs> That's a door. I don't either. <laughs> because the microphone was moving. Um, I had a I had a, what I thought was a stroke once during Bible class. Oh, that's awesome. We uh, it's just when I had Crohn's back when I was first getting diagnosed. I preached at Enid, Mississippi, very small congregation. Bible class was at ten. Worship was at eleven, and I'm teaching class. And we're going through a book, and uh, I kept repeating the same phrase over and over again, just in different variations. You know, like, Christians, we need to do what's right. We need to be good people. We need to be people of the book. And it was like, kind of like when uh, we did that joint podcast with Jordan Pugh, and I lost internet connection. Mm-hmm. And I, kept going, kuh, 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 kuh. I was just repeating myself <laughs> over and over again, like a skipping record. And one of my elders looks at me, and he says, are you okay? And I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know who you are. No. I could not think of his name. I could only think of the fact that I vaguely knew that I knew him. And so I started looking around at all these other people, and I was trying to find somebody. And the only person I had a stronger connection to was Megan, my wife. And even her, Thank I was kind of like, <laughs> even her, I was looking at her like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just know that I've got a, a strong pull to her. Like, I don't feel anything right there. There's her. So the elder looks at me and asks me Thank if I'm okay. Thank goodness it was her. That's right. <laughs> there was some yeah. other 20-year-old woman in the congregation that day, and I told Megan, I said, it's over. Uh, no. And so, <laughs> oh my Lord. no, um, I told this elder, I said, I believe so. And I tried to keep teaching. I just ball-faced wow. lied to him because I was embarrassed. And so I was like, I believe so. And I kept teaching, though I had no idea who he was. And I went another minute, and I was like, you can't do this. This is. So I looked at him, and I said, I think I need to go lie down. And that was at 1015. Worship's at 11. I went and I laid down on the couch and I kid you not, I passed out. And at 1055, Megan is in there shaking me awake on the couch going, hey, wake up. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. And I said, let's go to worship. And she goes, "Uh, no, you're not about to (laughs) preach. I said, Yes, I am. <laughs> and I walked into that auditorium, and the elders came up to me, and they said, 
you should go home. And I said, I can preach. To this day, I have no idea what I said. <clears throat> I don't know. I had no outline. I had no preparation. I, I like blacked out in the pulpit. And when I got done, we went straight home. Well, there was no evening service at night because I, I apparently needed to go home and rest. And the elders came up to me and said, that was probably the best sermon you've ever preached. I don't know what I said. He peaked. <laughs> and I peaked. So anytime I need to have a really good sermon, I need to black out. Black out. But yeah, that was an awkward. And then I fell asleep on the couch. We didn't leave until that night because I went home back to the apartment that was on the same property. And I said, give me about five minutes, honey, and I'll, I'll lie down and then we'll go. I woke up and it was six. Wow. And then we left. And I had to go do like a bunch of neurological tests and stuff after this. Failed them all, huh? And none of them knew what happened to me, which <laughs> was even all. worse because they were like, we don't know what happened. And I'm like, story of my life. That's what I'm used wow. to hearing that. So, yeah, moving microphone. Hey. It ain't nothing. Weird stuff happens. Ain't nothing worse. on me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't imagine. Did you know the kid personally? Like, oh, really yes. Well? Oh, yeah. I knew exactly who he was. How many years ago was this? <clears throat> Do uh, I know who this kid is? Yeah, I uh, know. I'm uh. not going to say just in case it correlates back to the child because it okay. wasn't. He, he, he just got loose. Okay? Yeah. It happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. <laughs> like that kid that crawled under the Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I just finished preaching one night, and I invitation song goes off, and I have a picture of this. And I look down. I'm standing, and I, I just sat down at the front pew because I don't know why I sat there, but I did. And the kid crawls, it army crawls. Night. It probably was a Wednesday night. Up at least five pews, and next thing I know, I felt something tapping me on my leg. And I'm like, that ain't normal. So I just slowly look down, and it's just kid. He's just smiling at me. He stays there long enough for me to pull out my phone, take a picture of him, and then he just jets. I don't know where he went from that point on. I never looked back. I just kept on going. So weird things happen. Oh, um, oh my goodness. But so, okay, let's, let's, let's stay in worship for just okay. a minute. Go for so it. preach the sermon. Man <clears throat> responds. Kind of had an idea this was going to happen. I've been talking with him for a while, and, and he was a – he, he was a bigger fella, okay? We, you know, sometimes we're we're just bigger fellas. This guy was, <laughs> well, when he responded, I thought, how am I going to do this? I mean, that's that was where my brain went because I know that objects are heavier in water. And I learned that physics lesson up close and personal. So get, get him, get, you know, take, talk to him, do all that. We, we, we get him changed. We, we get down the water. I'm good. Now, the guy that came back there with me, because somebody usually comes and helps, and, you know, there's always a guy, open the curtain, do all this. So, so I had said to him, if I struggle, you step down in here and help me. I said, because I'm not sure that I can get him out of the water. And he says, I got you. No, he didn't. He did. Oh, he okay. said, I got you. <laughs> but he didn't. He must have heard me say, open and close the curtain. I got you. <laughs> that's all he did. So I, I nod him, and he's, he, ooh, curtains are open. So, so get the man. He's under the water, okay? <laughs> Things are going great. Here's where it changes. I go to bring this man back up. He's flailing. Okay, he the water did not go well. He <laughs> is just, he is in a full-out panic. This is after you write him back? No, he was, this is right when I put him under the water. Right. He panics. <clears throat> so I start bringing him back up. Well, when I start to press to bring him up, my feet from the middle of the baptistry slide all the way back to the opposite steps. I mean, and I am just pushing with all of my might because when he went down, the water just rushed everywhere. I mean, it was, we had a wave going. And he's going back and forth. And so I'm pushing him up and I just look to the guy, 
help me. And you know what he does? He closes the curtain. <laughs> and I'm just standing there pushing with all of my might. I mean, it's all that I had. And finally, when my feet hit the steps, I got enough leverage to push this guy back up out of the water. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Man. He said, I got you. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He straight up just zipped them curtains. So I said, close the curtain. How mad would you have been? I said this to someone else who had a funny baptism story. It might have been Derek. How mad would you have been if they were like, he didn't go all the way on? <laughs> do it again. <laughs> Somebody's going to tag team this out because I can't do this twice. I mean, I, I, I'm not making fun of it at all. He was he was a rather uh, rotund fella. <laughs> and it was just, man, I have never oh, felt that much weight on right. my arms. Right. And um, I, I'm hoping to avoid that from now on. So that just how it is. I don't know. D- Derek's, fu- <laughs> Derek's baptism story is pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. Poor little guy bobbing in the water. <laughs> That's funny. That well, um, that's actually in either next week or a couple weeks. So yeah. just wait for that one. That it's, one. That one was you good. Think, you think we're off the wall right now because we kind of we're slapstick happy right yeah. now. Like we, we this is day two of recording. We have recorded all day. We're tired, and we're we're probably we're probably just saying stuff to say stuff, at, say this stuff point. at this point. But that that one podcast was probably probably one of the better ones. The other ones aren't unreal. good. It was unreal. It it was probably one of the better ones we did for it sure. Was. It's beating this one already. Absolutely, it I absolutely mean, is. I mean, it's got Derek in it instead of you. We didn't have a porcelain segment. It doesn't take much. Well, the porcelain segment did bring us up a flush. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That was dumb. All right. Speaking of laughter, have you ever stepped out of a, so we, you know, we go visit people in hospitals. You know, that's, that's part of, that's part of the job. You know, people get sick. They want, they want the preacher to come see them. Um, Lots of things have happened in hospitals. And and let's just face it, as these two guys are inappropriately (laughs) acting right now, (laughs) in the medical realm, you know, the human body sometimes is exposed, okay? And, and that's just, you know, listen, God made us just the way we are. There's males, there's females. That's just how it is. And, and so I go to visit this lady. And so I say to the nurses, you okay for me to go in? Sure, go right on ahead. I should have realized with a little wink she gave me, shouldn't go in there. <laughs> no, I was there to, I was there to, I was there to go, go see this person and I was going to see them. So I walk in and see them I did. Oh, see them I did. They had given her some new medications, and, and she was just, she didn't re- react. A little loopy. Them. So she was loopy. She was just out of her mind. Not her fault. She whips the covers off of her <laughs> and says, and I quote, let's bust out of here. <laughs> the only problem was the covers. That's all that was there. <laughs> So I'm standing there, and the nurse's desk is right behind me. So they're seeing all this happen. I didn't know this. I'm I'm just I, I didn't know what to do. So I just grabbed that cover. I said, "Let's put that back on." <laughs> I, and, and so I just I just looked at her. And I said, "I am so glad to see you. I will pray for you tonight." And I walked out of that room. I turn around, and there are six nurses at this nurse's station, and they are crying. They are laughing so hard. I look at him and go, y'all knew this, didn't you? Y'all, everyone of you knew this. And they let me walk in that room knowing she, you know, just, and that wasn't her, wasn't her fault, knowing the condition she was in under the cover, everything. I, I made a visit in the last, last two years to somebody who couldn't really control, they, you know, they were getting toward the end of their life, and yeah. we all know how that happens, and uh, they needed to be cleaned up. And normally when I've gone to a hospital, the nurses ask to yeah, step out. Yeah. But I guess they thought I was family. Oh, been there. And been so there. they just began to clean this individual up. And I, I turned and faced out the window and just looking out the window. And uh, one of the people in the room said, 
you could sit down in this chair if you want, which would be a front row seat. And I said, oh. I, I'll just stare out the window. It's okay. You know, we'll wait till he's, till everything's, you know, done and, and ready to go. And then we'll, we'll visit with him for a while and that'll be okay. And, um, so I'd avoided seeing anything. I, I stared out the window for what seemed like an eternity, trying to be making sure that I was showing respect. And they said, all right, we're all done. And I turned around. They I weren't. waited 20 seconds, and I turned around. And they said, let's show you what we did. Oh. And they whipped the cover back <laughs> and just started pointing at all these different things. I'm thinking, uh, you know, and so I just kind of turned back and faced the window again. See, <laughs> just it's just so there. normal to them. Yeah. This is their job. There's nothing to, about <clears> it. They don't think twice no, about it. They think twice about yeah. it. Um, I, I went to the hospital another time to go visit a person, and and the nurse happened to be this particular hospital had computers at every door. So she was saying, I said, can I, can I go see them? Oh yeah. She's just finishing something up, but go on in there. You know what they had her doing? Do you know what the, they had her sitting on the potty chair and she was just finishing up. <laughs> I stepped out of that room <clears throat> and said, you know, they also have a sense of humor. Yeah. Nurses have a sense of that's humor. That's true. I, I live with one. That's true. Oh, that's right. That's right. Now I'm sure you get all kinds of stories. I've told her, don't tell me <laughs> stories. I don't want to know. It, no. Your job is your job, and you have to do some messed up stuff to help people out. And I just, I'm, <clears throat> I have my own when I go to a hospital. I'm good. I you my, are I your own. Fill. Yeah, I am my you own. You are your own. I get my fill. So What else you got? What else you uh, got, man? I got Come two on. more, and then we're going to get to the bonus, because the bonus one, I, I've never Save cried so much. It's, it's, it is the top. So I'll, I'll let you choose which one. One is probably funnier than the other. The other just scared me to death. Um, one is called Jesus Teaches Better Than You. The other that is one's pretty good. Lost in Shanghai. You choose. You know, Jesus teaches better than you, right? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I was told. Let's hear that. So, teaching a Wednesday night class. And I'm making the point that if, if, if Jesus were here, we would be paying attention. If, if Paul were here, we would, if Peter were here, we'd be paying attention. And I said a rhetorical statement, a question. Don't you agree? So what it was everybody naturally do? They're shaking their head. Keep in mind, we've talked about this individual yeah, already. This multiple <laughs> stories. But so, so we're, I, I, and, and I, try, I try my best. You know, funny thing, like the kid that got the microphone, yeah. I, never, I never broke. And other funnier things have broke. I have broke class once or twice. You know, somebody had a medical incident. Yeah. And I've said, guys, we just need to take a minute. And let that handle. So I, I try not to break if I have to. I try not to laugh because I believe Bible study and worship very serious. So I right. try my best to hold it together. <clears throat> Sometimes you can't. I, I didn't. I couldn't. So I'm, I'm doing this, and it kind of gets silent for a second because the point was, you know, every now and then you make a point in a Bible class, and it has just driven home with everybody. And you're looking, and you're going, they got it. Yeah. This one this one went home. Right. They, they, they put it in the bank. This one is here. They got it. A hand goes up. Oh no. And says, if Jesus were here, he certainly would have taught it better than you. <laughs> I've never seen an audience erupt into laughter. It must be what it's like for a comedian to stand on stage and see an audience just lose it because they lost it. And, and I've went back and watched that video before, and you can distinctly hear people laughing at different moments, and you can pick them out in the crowd. They were laughing so hard, and I'm, I, I've never, I've never cried like that from laughing. I'm, I'm in tears. So class was broke, and I finally said, I don't remember what I said, but I remember looking at somebody that was sitting in the right and just said, "Well, there's no other way to go on, but just move on." 
<laughs> I mean, this, 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 this broke class hard. I mean, it was, it was probably one of the funniest moments that happened. I guess you'd have to be there more. Oh, man. Well, I, uh, I definitely have had experiences like that. Of course, we all have. And it's, it's funny. It's like Tom Holland wrote the book, Why Is It Funny yeah. When You Shouldn't Be yeah. Laughing. Right. You know, it always seems to be funny when we're not supposed to laugh. Many so, occasions. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. All right. So uh, Tim Hayes lives in Alabama, and he is what I would call just like me. Just a southern fella, real simple, real plain. You get what you get. I mean, that is a compliment. We're in Shanghai, China. Okay. We're standing in a red light in a sea of people. I mean, there were hundreds of people. And in his best Alabamian accent, any of y'all from around here? <laughs> so we're, we're already losing it. So we're having a great day. Well, it was me, Tim Hayes, Tim Burroughs, and Billy Bland. So, so they had gone off to do something, and, and we had about an hour. I, I've never thought, I ain't never going to make it home until this day. So Tim and I go over to what's called the Like home. home is where you were staying or home no, is in home like. home is like either, either where I was staying or America. It was over. <laughs> never I'm getting never back. getting back. I'm lost. So we, we, we go, and we go to what's called the Bund. It was the financial district, and it's, it's a kind of a touristy thing, and you can go see. And, and so we're, you know, I, I don't speak a lick of another language. That, that's it. I don't. <laughs> And I'm not going to embellish to that because I'll get into doing accents here in a minute, and and it would just be it would just be very funny. Don't and get I, us canceled. <laughs> yeah, really. So I just it, you know how it is. So so we're standing there, and so we had a great time. We saw all these old buildings, and it was really it was a really cool experience. And and across the way, you could see all these financial buildings, and it was just unreal. And then we realized, hey, we need to get back. I, we we have to get in that hour. We had to go to get in a cab to get back to the airport to go on to Singapore. We just overnighted there. So we suddenly realized we don't speak a lick of the language of the land. <laughs> so we're trying, to, we're trying to get a cab. I mean, it's a busy street. There are hundreds of cabs, but they're dodging us left and right. <laughs> There's not a one of them that wanted to take us. And finally, I just stepped out in front of a guy. So he, he, finally, he gets over there, and I, and I, I tell him, we need to go, and I only knew the hotel name. I didn't know the address. I didn't know nothing. I said, we need to go here. And he politely, in his own language, tells me he doesn't understand what I'm saying. So he goes on. This happens four or five <laughs> times. I mean, we're not getting anybody. I mean, nobody, not a person knew where we needed to go. Finally, I realized I had screenshotted the hotel address on my phone. So we finally get somebody to wave us a cab down. They didn't know what we were saying. I just held up my phone. They translate this, and somehow we made it back. <laughs> I never thought I was gonna gonna, gonna see the old the old Star Spangled Banner again. <laughs> I thought I'd be a Shanghai bum. <laughs> I thought it was over. The people on the street. That's the crazy old man. He's been here for years. You can't get back. There's no idea what he's saying. Did did I ever tell you about the time I got? Um, if I did, I ever tell you about the time that I got uh got stranded in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. Oh, you have! It's such a wonderful story. So, 
I don't. I, I'm sure you've heard this story too, but I have no doubt. If I remember, it, it's quite a transmission. Yes, <laughs> it's quite a transmission. That's for sure. Dad did a debate against Michael Bronner. Excellent debate. You can find it on YouTube. Oh, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a Prius back then, and the Toyota Rav. We just paid the Rav off. That's how long ago this has been. And um, Megan was pregnant, and I had the wonderful task, and I say that with as much sincerity as possible, of driving my grandfather back home. Let me let that marinate for a second. Oh, oh no, I'm because my grandfather <laughs> have is to an marinate old man long. <laughs> who has quite a lot of health problems, and and neither one of my cars are very conducive for an older gentleman with, with leg and back pain. Right. And now with a truck, that would have been a lot easier that I've got. I could have there'd have been no problem. And so we had about a three four hour drive to get home. And this was that year of the storm that stretched from Oklahoma to Florida. I remember that. And we were trying to drive back. We get to Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, as if that's not ominous enough. We stop at a pilot, and we go inside, and this woman comes in. There's trees down on the interstate. There's trees down on the interstate. And it's 8 o'clock at night. And so I know I can't keep my grandfather out here until midnight. that, That will not go well. And so... I got out my phone, got on my maps app, and started mapping out a, a way to get back that would not take the interstate. And I, w- I would get out about 30 miles ahead of the interstate. And I mapped it out correctly for any other car than what we had. And <laughs> we start driving. And I'm I'm one of those where I've gotten a lot better at it. But back then it was, this is the way. I was the Mandalorian to a T. This is the way. This is the only way that we're going to go. And no other way. I don't care what I see. We are going the way that I've mapped out. So we're driving, and there are guys, there are guys chainsawing <laughs> trees that have fallen, trying to break them up and throw them out of the way so that we can get this out of the way and be able to drive. And I asked these guys, I said, hey, we're trying to get to Jack Branch Road. Can we make it in these cars? Yeah, <laughs> sure. And I thought, perfect. And so I'm thinking a road, like it might be a gravel road. It might be an old country road, but it's a road. Now, keep in mind, these guys are running chainsaw, so all they heard was, cut the trees down. Yeah, sure. Right. Yep, got it. And um, <laughs> so we keep going, and we get to Jack Branch Road. It's a creek. Jack Branch <laughs> it's, it's Creek. It's like a dried-out creek bed. And I, again, being the macho new father-to-be that I was, was we're getting home. <laughs> So we start driving. I'm in the Prius. Megan's in the Rav. Kick that thing in four wheel drive, right? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told my sister, "How about push one wheel this hill?" And so we start going. And halfway up, I just decide, "Okay, I, I give. There's no way we're gonna make this." And so I put it in reverse. And I start backing up. Well, remember I said it's like a creek bed, so that means there's parts of the road that are missing. <laughs> the Prius hit one of those parts, fell down, and immediately popped the tire it did not puncture the tire the tire exploded (laughs) i have never heard a tire pop before but i heard it pop and again me being foolish i was like all right we'll just go forward and we'll back up and we'll do we'll try this again again. what i didn't know was apparently my transmission and all my undercarriage of the prius was resting on a bunch of rocks so while i'm doing i'm scraping things and i'm i'm puncturing things and so I puncture all of these things while I'm trying to do this, and it it's just leaking fluid. And I, again, I don't know because it's raining. So I had to get out, 
And I called 911 because, I mean, we're, we're stranded in the middle of a big storm. I called the police department and they say, uh, we'll, we'll send a unit your way. And I said, okay. And so I told everyone, I'm going to stay here. Y'all go on, get a hotel room, and I'll get the police to bring me back. And my grandfather says, get in the car. We're going now. <laughs> and so we go and we get to a hotel room. And my grandfather needed to get back the next day. So that following Sunday was the longest Sunday of my life because we got up early. Grandfather took us to breakfast, and then we drove all the way to Memphis from Hurricane Mills, which is a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Then I had to drive all the way back and meet up with a man that would come and tow my truck. I spent all Sunday morning, when I was supposed to be preaching, calling tow truck companies. Nobody would come out. When I told them the, what, the road, they all knew. <laughs> and they're like, we're not, yeah, we're not coming out there. So I finally called a man, and I could hear congregational singing in the background. And I said, hey, I'm supposed to be in church right now, too. Would you please come out and help me? And he said, okay. So he comes out and meets us, and we start hunting for the Prius. I dropped a pin, but we were having a hard time finding that pin. And he, <clears throat> the guy in the tow truck got stuck in mud while he was trying to find the Prius. And he started doing the, you know, you're, you're jerking the wheel back and forth, trying to just kind of slide through the mud like a snake slithering around. <laughs> and he finally gets through and we find the Prius. And he said, oh, you just need a tire changed. Not knowing I had probably punctured all that stuff. So he put the spare on. We jacked everything up and got the spare put on. We're driving back. And I paid for, I paid for the work. I paid for their dinner. Come to find out they're members of the church. And he says, I know you from somewhere. And I said, and he said, you're on GBN, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. And he said, you know, we're members of the church. And I said, I didn't know that. That's awesome. So we met these people. They were nice. And we're driving back to Jackson. And uh, all of a sudden, car starts violently shaking. <laughs> and we get to Jackson. We pull over in Walmart. And poor Megan, she had to work. And so I stayed in Jackson, Tennessee for a week. I stayed at the Econo Lodge because it was economically good for my wallet. <laughs> and uh, that night when I got to the Econo Lodge, Megan was going to stay with me, and then she was leaving the next day. They gave me the room number, and we go, and someone was in the room. That's awesome. Someone was in my room. They had broken into the <laughs> hotel room because I went back to the front desk, and I said, hey, someone's in 243. And I said, that's impossible. And I said, it's not. They're watching TV, and they've set up camp. And she goes, oh, well, we'll have to handle that. I'm thinking, I just booked a room for the week here. And the first encounter I have is someone has busted in to one of these hotel rooms and is living in it, and they didn't know. And so stayed there for a week, thought we had everything fixed. It wasn't. Finally got everything fixed. Right, We had to get a whole new transmission, everything. But to this day, the words Jack Branch Road are like curse words in our house. And I'm, I've had my fill of stuff like that. And being lost or being stranded in a place, mm. I'm good. But at least I was in America. I knew the lay of the land. It was <laughs> Jackson, Tennessee. It's not that bad. The people spoke my language. so I knew where I was at when I saw my feet, but that's all I knew. That was it. Oh, me. Well, you know, you run into people all the time. And Caleb and I had... Went to help a congregation do something. I had gotten myself into a situation. They needed some help. I was helping them. I said, come on, let's go. It's only going to take 20 minutes. <laughs> Two and a half hours later. Two hours later. It was a long time. 
So we go, we do what we need to do. I said, all right, man, we're out of here. So we step out of the building. And all of a sudden, there's this guy. He's just there. Evidently, he he, he just needed to wash his hands. So here's how this happened. We we step out of the, the fellowship hall of this building, and there's this man who walks right up to me. I've never seen him before. I... I never smelled something like that either. <laughs> I, I'm having smell backs right now. Um, so he, he, he looks at me dead in the eye. I mean, up, up, right up, right up on me. I just need to wash my hands. I said, well, go right on in, sir. It wasn't, you know, I was, <laughs> I didn't breach there. So I said, come right on in, sir. <laughs> wouldn't even <laughs> no, where didn't we're at. anything to do with us. And so he goes, goes there, washes his hands. So yeah, I'm, but. He had blood, blood all over his hands? From his hands to his elbows. He, on both it's arms. Blood. He's covered in blood. So we're having this conversation. I said, guys, there's something going on because this guy's covered in blood. Did y'all see this? Yeah, we saw it. What's going on? And then, <laughs> then finally, they, I realized, oh, they smelt it too. The, it think, of, like, think of the worst thing you've ever smelled and <clears throat> tripled it. Tripled it. It was the, I have never smelt something. It's worse than going in the in the bathroom after Michael. Michael yeah. <laughs> Listen, I can't I can't even begin to illustrate. All right, you know when you pass a, dead, a skunk that's been hit on the road, it's worse. Deer. This is probably off. the worst thing it's I've ever smelled. The worst in my thing life. I've ever smelled. Yeah. So he's covered in this, and he's got stuff on his pants. I mean, he. So then he he comes out and he's talking to us, and he just said, "Well, well thanks, guys." I, and I said, "You know what, man? We're on our way out. You just have a great day." Two and a half hours later, we're still we're still Goodness there. Goodness gracious, he's still there. So we go talking. through. We're talking about all these things. Now, Michael, do you know the Muffin Man? Yes. No, no. Oh. The Muffin <laughs> Man ain't got nothing on this man. He's the Mountain Man. <laughs> he's the mountain. He said, <laughs> "You're pretty close." I forgot. He totally set that up and forgot we were talking about you did. the Mountain you Man. You set me up perfectly. <laughs> he said, "Y'all know what the first words in the Bible are?" <laughs> well, what 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 are the, Michael? What are the first words in Scripture? In the beginning? No, sir. Holy Bible? <laughs> not according to <laughs> Mountain Man. Not according to Mountain Man. <laughs> he, he goes, he says, these are the first words in the Bible. The book of Genesis, written by, or whatever, whatever <laughs> yes. remember what he said. But I mean, it's basically stops, the title. <laughs> he stops and goes, well, I guess it's the copyright information. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this all goes on. We're talking to him, and, and, and it just keeps going. And finally... We're at another congregation, so the preacher's there. I was helping him do something, and and and, and I kind of signified to the mountain man, "This is the preacher here." <laughs> We're not <laughs> because I had I didn't want any more to do with the situation. Still couldn't get away, so <laughs> he, he he gets on his knees. The mountain man does in front of this other preacher, raises both of his hands up, and asks him. He says. <laughs> Lay your hands on me and pray for me. <laughs> and we're all, I mean, we're all just, I mean, this has been going, this is, this is probably what, an hour and a half in? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it has been going on so long. I mean, it was the wildest experience. And, and he keeps on going. And, and, and so we get the guy up. So we're, we're talking about all these other things. And then finally, and I was, Listen, I don't want anyone to have a bad experience. I don't want anyone to have problems. I don't want any worship service to be dismantled. Or So he, I, let me tell you, that next Sunday night, as soon as our service is over, I'm on my phone scrolling through this congregation service because he looked at that guy and he says, you going to preach Sunday night? And, and, and the preacher said, yes, sir, I am. What are you going to preach on? He tells him what he's going to preach on. He says, well, you know what? I'm going to come and hear you, and I'm going to stand up in the middle of your sermon, and I'm going to testify. 
So I'm scrolling. He, he didn't come. I, you know, I, it's one of those Man. things that he didn't. And I, I was relieved for them. But however, that footage would have been priceless because yes. I. He, here's the thing, though. He he smelled so bad <sighs> because he told us, he said, as he was driving up to to the church building, he saw a dead deer on the side of the road. And so he said he got out and he butchered that deer right on the side of the road. And it was all in the back of his truck before he walked in. And he said, that meat's fine. It, it's just fine. He said, it was cold when it was I, cold. Touched I touched it. it. And I'm going to give it to some nuns. He said, but that's all. It was, oh so, it was so gross. So think of the craziest things you've ever heard he in your life. He had blood, fur, everything just it was stuck there. all over him. It was it so was the nasty. Of John the Baptist. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, Dude, not quite. Locust and wild <laughs> he did say he lived in the woods. He did, yeah. He did. He did call himself, I think, the Mountain Man. I just have a feeling that John probably smelled a little bit better. No, I, I think John had bathed this century. I have. I got one more to tell you because I don't think I've told you guys this one, and I know I haven't said this on a podcast before. You heard it here, folks. I got. I got to prepare myself because I thought I was going to die this night. It's hilarious now that I look back at it. Because you're not dead. Yes. If I had died, it would not have been as funny. Um, well. To me. Yeah. Um, we would have taken advantage right. of it. So maybe like four years ago now, we have, we're have we very heavily involved in prison ministry work in, in Somerville. Oh. I've done, I'm, I, listen, when that door shuts behind you and you're in there by yourself <laughs> with these guys. Well, see, we're not by ourselves. There's a guard with us, which is even more terrifying because they don't trust them enough, apparently, to leave them with just Oh, you. no. When we did it, they just said, we don't have enough guards to leave one in there. And they slammed this door behind you, and you just clench because well, you're scared to death. We, we are sitting here studying the Bible. We have one of our deacons with us. Ryan's with me, and it's myself and the, and the guard. One of the worst things you can hear is the walkie-talkie going off oh. with panicked talking. Yeah. And so that, that night, we heard the walkie-talkie click on, and there's this kind of shouting of some type of code, and the guard goes, get up, let's go. We got to get out of here. I don't do well with moments like that. And so I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm ready. Lead me on. To the, the great savior of outside of these walls. Lead me onto the promised land. That is exactly where we need to be right now. <laughs> One of our deacons. Take me from this The bondage. deacon that we had brought with us is such a nice man. He's a wonderful man. Like One of the best deacons I've ever had the privilege of working with. He starts going to each inmate and saying goodbye. Oh, There's no. like 30 of them in this room. <laughs> and we're being told, sir, You've got now. To <laughs> and the, the guard's getting forceful. He, he finally told this deacon... You have one second, basically, <laughs> to get over here. I will, I will take you out of here. And so I'm thinking, this is bad. This is really bad because they said they're going on lockdown. And so we're taken into this little hallway. <laughs> Stop folding paper while I'm talking. I really thought be, it was something that's else. That's going to be hilarious in a moment that Caleb was folding a piece of paper. <laughs> Keep that in mind, guys. Caleb's oh. folding paper right now. So, if you've heard this story, just... No, I've got another one now. Okay, good. So, <laughs> we get into this solitary confinement wing of the prison. Into the solitary confinement wing of the prison. And that's where they've got the front desk where the, they book people yeah. as they come in. They've got the little search chambers that they use and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm terrified. Because I don't know why we're in lockdown. 
I've seen enough movies about prison lockdowns <laughs> to know we're probably getting murdered. Nothing good's or, coming of this. Or I'm going to have to be the hero and, and kill a bunch of terrorists to get us to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, this just escalated rather quickly. Did I mention we were in a we were in Islam? No. <laughs> we were in Islam. Islam. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've seen, um, I've seen the There's war movies, guys. <laughs> I know. As it turns out, the fact checkers prove Michael is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to back to the, the story here. We were in Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> we were in Mormonism. We <laughs> in Mormonism. But no, um, the problem we had was this is solitary confinement, and this is where they put some of the weirdest and craziest inmates. Oh, that's where I would be. Now, this, this black gentleman... The, the lights are off in solitary confinement, too. So the only lights you have are in the hallway that you're oh, sitting in. wow. And so when I tell you that this man appeared <laughs> as a whisper out of the darkness, I kid you not. We're, we're sitting there, didn't think anybody's in that room. And all of a sudden, his face appears and his whole body appeared with him. You know, he just comes into the full frame of the <laughs> it wasn't window. wasn't just his face. <laughs> <laughs> It was impressive, guys. Yeah. You really set that up wrong. <laughs> his, his face shows up, then his arms, then his legs. Slowly. Then his torso And then he did the macarena. But he starts talking to us, and he goes, how y'all doing tonight? And he's got this really, like, creepy Hannibal Lecter clip voice, you know. Oh. You listen to the Clarice type stuff, and it, it's really odd. Did not talk like I would have expected him to talk like. He talked like he was a very old man. And we we said, I said, we're good. And I was ready to leave it alone. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan decides we're going to have a conversation with him. Oh, this I would have had a conversation with him. And Ryan goes, so what are you in for? <laughs> Which is like the worst thing you could possibly ask. Hey, what goes, have you done to put yourself goes, in this place? He goes, hitting my wife. And I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. In the car. And, and Ryan goes, well, you probably shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, Ryan, shut up. What are you doing? <laughs> Do not antagonize the man that's in prison for hitting his wife. Like, you, you're not loved by this man. If he'll hit his wife, I don't know what he'll do to you. And Ryan keeps going on and on, and he goes, maybe you should start making some better choices. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you're landing on thick. And finally, this guy goes, yeah, they don't let us have anything in solitary confinement. And I'm like, why would you say it? And then he pulls up a piece of paper. And a guard's walking by, and he, he takes the paper back down out of the window's frame, and he puts his finger to his lips and goes, shh, <laughs> tell nobody. I'm freaking out now because this is the most uncomfortable I've ever felt in my life. And he starts doing something with the paper, and I can't see it. And I don't know how talented this man is. Maybe he can make a key with this piece of paper for all I know. <laughs> and so I'm wigging out over here thinking, I'm going to die. This is it. I'm my life is over. And he goes, do you know I can make a cross? I can make a cross and show you all the Lord today. And I'm thinking, that's, that's a threat. He's going to show me the Lord. And my response would have been, him. please, sir, show me. Oh, <laughs> after he said that, he pulls up that piece of paper. <laughs> and somehow he has, without scissors, I think, <laughs> perfectly cut this piece of paper into a cross, like a paper mache Hold out no. like the little children of the world type things you usually see. Yeah. And it's a bunch of crosses. And he said, uh-huh. And then I kid you not, another guard walks by and he starts freaking out, putting it under the window. And he rips it up and he throws it down and he goes, don't. <laughs> 
And I'm thinking, that this is it. This is it for me. I'm dead tonight. So we left, and I looked around and said, don't you ever engage somebody <laughs> like that again. But I thought for sure that was the night we were going to die. Oh, and I would have engaged. Y'all want to go back in? We've got the lockdown under control. And I, I told Ryan, I said, I can't. My Crohn's disease will not let me go back in there right now. I need to find a restroom. I bet you that guy would have let you see us. <laughs> <laughs> he would have gladly traded places with me, I bet. That's exactly right. Man. <laughs> isn't, it, one? isn't it weird? No, I, I, I think I, uh, I, I won't do that. Uh, you know, there's there's so many stories I'd like to tell, but there are some stories. Some you just can't. Some you can't. I've got, <laughs> listen, some of the funniest experiences have happened to me, and, and there's one I want to tell so bad. You, but can't, I, you can't. I can't. I can't. Because these stories. Hey, look, 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 here. If you want to hear this story, just call Jonathan. I'll put his number in the show notes below. <laughs> you can give him a call. <laughs> but there are some things, you know, did you ever think, you know, the day you graduated Memphis? Because we're Memphis grads. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that last week of Memphis, they, they do some instructional things, oh, yeah, some practical help, things yeah. that yeah, help last you. Day, things, yeah. yeah, last things are going to happen. So I, I sat there and I listened to Bobby Liddell. I listened to Curtis Cates. I listened to all these men tell these outlandish stories. And let me tell you, I can match them. I can't <laughs> tell them now because these people are still alive. And I'm not making fun of them. But but you look around and go, how did, how did this even happen? <laughs> I mean, I, I would have never thought, I would have never thought that any of these things, I mean, this list, and I, I told Kelly when she said, what are you going to talk about? And, and she said, you've got to tell this one. You've got to tell that. And so they're, they're just things, you know, who would ever thought that somebody would say up in your class, Jesus would have done it better than you. I mean, that, that doesn't even happen. That's the crazy. Thing, that's the thing about this. Like, I wish we could talk about some of the stuff that's happened. I've I've had things that are just downright inappropriate to talk about. Oh yeah. oh so, yeah, someone cusses me out, or they say they say something that that really should not be repeated, and you you just kind of sit there and think, how in the world does this just happen regularly to yeah. some people? Because some people, you tell them these stories, and they're like, I don't know where y'all are going because that never happens to me. <laughs> right. And then other people, they're like. Brother, you know it's like <laughs> family now. The guy with Mountain Man, who who I you know I just laid on think this is the preacher here. I, I just laid it on him. He he says this never happens. My throat. Is there a frog in here? What There's is a frog in my throat? <laughs> hey Kermit, what's going on, man? <laughs> story: A frog in my throat. A frog in my throat. <laughs> yeah. Would you believe it? So, but what? So this guy, I. I, I tell him, I said, this happens to me all the time, all the time. And he says, this never happens until you come. So I go back to that same place where Mountain Man happened to finish up what I was doing that day because we just jetted out of there. We were done. So we go there. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Caleb, were you with me that second day? I don't think you were. I don't no, remember. You weren't. You weren't because you were, you were doing a podcast or something. So we, I, I go back to help them finish some things up, and then all of a sudden, this guy just walks in the church building, the only door that was unlocked, and says, hey, can you buy me a mattress? <laughs> so this guy looks at me, and he says, it only happens when you're here. I said, dude, this is my life. These are the things that happen to me on a daily basis, <laughs> and it's just unreal. You just can't That's make crazy. it up. That's crazy. Ministry certainly offers a lot of... Uh, I don't know. Crazy things. Inside an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. But uh, obviously, um, what it, I mean, 
the greatest job ever. You've heard me say it over All and over. I'll continue to say it over and over. Um, but it, it, one of the great things about it is, I mean, every single day is different. Mm-hmm. because okay. you're doing all kinds of different things, but because you're interacting with all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different places. And it's just, it's one of the great things about ministry. Um, it's one of the things that you'll never really understand unless you're in it. No. Um, and I, and again, you know, if you're listening to this and you're not a minister, some of these things may not be like nearly as funny to you as we think they are, but it's funny because we're in this job and we've done this before, you know, if you could have heard us the 30 <laughs> minutes before this program oh, started, we, th- there's no Man. way we could have, I don't know how we calmed down enough. We didn't. <laughs> right. Well, we well just somehow managed no, we were, to not laugh. we were crying <laughs> through that first little bit <laughs> yeah. before we recorded. It, it's yeah. unreal. So it's that crazy. Was, that was the stories we couldn't tell. On <laughs> that's, that's exactly yeah. right. Maybe one day we'll have an anonymous section on this, on this program where we can have people submit stories and we can just read them. I've got three, say who they are I've got three involved. to report. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> there's uh, oh, there'd man. probably be a long list of people polling oh, to yeah. do oh, that. Yeah. Oh. Maybe maybe we'll offer that in the future. We're yeah. always open to ideas for the network. Always uh, open to things to try to try to make it better. Um, so uh, seriously, though, as listeners, if you guys have any ideas, any future things that you want to do, um, that you want to see, that you want to hear, um, shoot it to us. We'll we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, certainly, we want we want to try to make this the best that we can for. Uh, for you as listeners and as those who take in our content. Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the, on the podcast, man. Good to be around, guys. <laughs> it, it's yeah. been a blast. Um, if you want to have some fun, just come hang out. East Hill Church of Christ, come hang out with us. We'll, Something will happen. <laughs> we'll have, give right. it a day or two, and <laughs> it's right. going to go weird. We'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. But, again, appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, listeners, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. We're grateful um, that you've taken time to listen. Hopefully it has been a, a, an episode that has helped maybe put a, a smile on your face and a laugh on your Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm, in done, your ears. I'm done with this podcast already. So. But no, thank you so much. All of our information, as always, is in our show notes below. If you have any questions, just shoot us an email uh, or you can DM us on any of our social media platforms. Again, I'm going to put Jonathan's phone number in the show notes. Text him, call him anything you want to do. I'm joking. <laughs> I almost said it on the radio this morning just to mess with you, but Listen, when that would have been me. I straight up slayed you this morning on the radio. It was the <laughs> Best. Yeah. You had just done that to me too. Oh, that's that's right. That's right. It was poetic justice. It, it was. It was. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being with us. Next week, we have another uh, another couple of episodes that'll come out, and we're grateful to have all these guys on our summer content. So, thank you so much for being with us, Jonathan. I'm not looking at you because you're trying to make me laugh. It's not going to happen. They've heard it too much already. But again, thank you so much for being with us. Um, all of our stuff is in our show notes below. And as always, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.